this is going to be a testament to our podcasting skills to see how we how we tackle this entertainment coming up. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we prepare to be in the endgame again. Oh, God, Chris, I thought we were done with this. Well, no, we're, we're never really done with the endgame, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Josh Gad is not playing the penguin. He's not going from snowman to... Ice dude, I, I don't, I don't know. There... You could say say snowbird, snowbird. There it is, because we technically have a Mister Freeze already. So mm. like, well, that would have been even better. Uh, as uh, we've talked before, the show started. Comic Con is getting super close. Mm, it's on the horizon. We're cresting the hill. That's right, and more. And yeah, more. and just a little inside baseball. At the beginning of every show, when I say TV, movies, and superheroes, I'm usually counting on my fingers as if I'm presenting in front of an audience and I want to give emphasis for all my points. So I know this is lost on an audio-only format, but just to give a little it's a little spectacle, uh, there you go. That's how, I'm, that's how I approach the beginning of every show. He only loves those three things. That's it. One, two, three. Mm-hmm. He holds them up, counts them. I've well, actually I never mean, seen this, so... Well, I mean, we, we, we talk about everything in between, so there we go. We actually are going to be uh, recording in person come July for our uh, our Comic-Con special because we will be here in town. And um, I actually don't know, do we need two microphones when we're recording in the same room or do we just well, talk if, in front of one? If we just sit really close to each other, Mike, we only need one. Oh, my gosh. I'd never but, been so close but, to your face before. Oh, well, it's, it's, I, I doubt that. I highly doubt that. <laughs> Uh, but I can I can pack mine up. It's not too it's not too hard to to get this on a. I just case. assume everywhere you go, you're taking a computer and a microphone. You can podcast at any moment. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm about the microphone, but I always have a I always have a computer or, or tablet. I'll do either one. You you point you point something at me, I'll talk. You you can't shut me up. That's for sure. But I'm very Here excited. Is a soft pretzel stick, please, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Tell me the news. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I need my soapbox real fast uh, to get up on it. But um. One of the one of the best parts about um, we were talking about Comic Con and my my trip to L A and San San Diego uh, is is the food scene and everyone loves uh-huh. apparently loves when we talk about food on the show because they, they can relate <laughs> to that more so than some of the superhero news so um, I'm very excited my first trip uh, out there stops in Dallas and I believe there's a chain called Waterburger in in the lower states uh-huh. and Texas and I'm pretty sure. Uh, I will be able to get some Whataburger there in Dallas. So I'm very you know, if, thrilled. If you are able to achieve that, you there is a chance that you could hit every kind of nationally well-known cheeseburger place because out here in L.A. we finally have uh, Shake Shack, which is the, the New York equivalent to kind of like In-N-Out and Whataburger. So they all have their different shtick, but they're kind of like the well-known established for their area. So you can get Whataburger in Texas, come out here and eat all the other cheeseburgers, and then fly back home and just uh, – um, probably top it off with Five Guys because I think Five Guys is a little bit more well known out there in the middle of the country. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say it necessarily has the same mystique, but because even though we have Five Guys out here too, but you know, if you wanted to cap off your trip with all these cheeseburgers, Chris, I hope you're on a diet right now because you're about to be eating a lot of ground beef, a lot, lot, lot of beef and uh, 
you know, um, standard white wheat, white bread buns all <laughs> over that. Uh, I think I'm actually going to cap my start my trip off with White Castle. Uh, since oh, that's over in this area. Oh, I totally forgot about White Castle. Yeah, if, if I start with White Castle, that's regional, so I can have these regional chains throughout the way, and just feel awful by the time Comic Con gets there. Ooh, I love myself some White Castle. The closest one is out in Vegas, and I think it's only there because it's Vegas. So I was like, I'm not driving four hours for White Castle. This ain't no Harold and Kumar movie, and I won't get up to any shenanigans on a desert road for four hours. Oh, uh, I, I think I believe in you, Mike. I think you can. I think you'd be you'd be good. Well, I tell you, did I tell you about my trip to Disney the, uh, last year, last uh, December? Um, are you familiar with the the chain called Crystal Burger? Oh, I feel like I've heard of it. It's, I don't know white, much about it. It's White it. Castle below the the Mason Dixon line, pretty much, and they oh, put mustard okay. on every burger. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so it's called a Crystal Burger. Well, I know this. My wife didn't know this and doesn't like White Castle. So I'm like, oh, what's this Crystal Burger place we keep seeing? Maybe we should stop there and get something to eat for lunch. <laughs> and by the time we Sneak. pulled up and we're, we're, we're sitting in line, and she's like, it kind of smells like a White Castle. Where have you taken me? And I'm like, <laughs> I had to give it up. I had to tell her. But she got chicken nuggets. She was fine. But, I mean, it, it's a... Uh, I, I did enjoy me some Crystal Burgers on the on the way down to Florida. The cat is out of the bag. And if you guys can't tell by now, uh, the news this week is a little short. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we are doing our best to give you the most quality entertainment that we can think of. But mm-hmm. we've been doing this podcast for a couple years now, so we're professionals at, at stretching, getting to a, a quality hour of content. But who doesn't love talking about food? You know? Yeah, really. So if you guys have any places you think I should try on my trip to uh, – I guess LA and San Diego. Please let me know. Um, I'm very, I'm very excited to. Oh, yeah, I'm mean, except for Comic Con, but the food's pretty close. It's up there. Yeah, we've kind of built in this uh, this spare day where Chris gets in a day early into town, so uh, we'll be able to stuff you full of mm-hmm. like we'll stuff you like a freaking turkey. That's what we're gonna do. And I found out um, this week, Friday, my wife is leaving less than twelve hours after I get back to go to uh, Harry Potter World. So mm. she's going to pick me up at the airport. I'm going to go back and drive her to the airport like four in the morning the next day. Well, you can tell it's a good marriage because she's not about to let you out nerd her. So, yeah, it's true. It's it's, it's equal, uh, equal opportunity nerd nerdery around here. Yeah. But uh, I, I think the both of you both did something a little nerdy this week. You mm-hmm. went to a, a film. Yeah, we did. We did. Actually, uh, right now, before we just we're actually putting together a puzzle of Buzz and Woody from Toy Story. And oh. we went and saw Toy Story 4 in theaters mm-hmm. this weekend. Or not this weekend. It was Thursday at 5 o'clock. I'm like, damn. <laughs> hey, that's the weekend now, according to Hollywood. Yeah, right? Summer was five months ago, and the weekend starts at 5 on Thursday. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you, I, I, you know this. I was a big vocal person. Why does this movie even need to exist? There's no mm-hmm. reason for this movie whatsoever. I really enjoyed it. I actually think it's one of the better ones out of the, the four four movies because i watched all four of them one a day up until the fourth one so Mm -hmm. um i actually think toy story 4 is one of the best ones in the the whole quadrilogy or whatever it's called yeah i mean that's that's definitely good that's what you want to hear we haven't got a we haven't got around to seeing it quite yet even though i really like animation i really dig pixar movies i love the quality the worlds are always very transformative Mm -hmm. uh like going to uh, like just seeing the world that they build out in inside out or coco it's always really great but for some reason i never really see myself running to the theater to see these movies i don't know if it's because i'm trying to solve the the kid problem of not wanting to be in a movie theater with a bunch of little kids or if i 
Or most of the time, like, I don't have to worry so much about a Pixar movie being spoiled because it's not really about the, the twists and turns. It's more about the emotional journey. And that usually doesn't get spoiled too often out there in the zeitgeist. So, uh, yeah, I think I'll get around to seeing it eventually. But I, I could totally agree that at the beginning it was, why does this movie need to exist? But then when you start mm-hmm. to hear really good reviews, you're like, okay, well, I guess if it has to, if it has to exist, at least it's good, you know? Yeah, I, I, and I agree. And what's been really fun, you know, watching all four of them in a row, was watching Pixar's technology evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first one's good. It's, it's great. You, you're more paying attention to the story than the effects. But by this one, like, the grass looks real. real. The garage, or not the garage, the, the uh, theme park or whatever, the carnival circus thing that you see in the trailers looks real. And, and the characters mm-hmm. are really fun. So, yeah, the humans um, don't look as horrifying anymore. Yeah, they're not, <laughs> they don't have those troll-looking jowls on all their faces. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it definitely... I... I really enjoyed it, and if you're on the fence, but you're a social friend, this is definitely one to go to. Um, whether you get seen in theaters or not, it's fine. But I, and, it converted, and, uh, converted me. And just uh, for confirmation, there's no there's no shorts anymore in front of this film. There's at no least animated the, Pixar short. At least this one. But we also went to a special fan event or whatever, so there was only like two trailers anyway, and just like mm. boom, movie. But no, I, there wasn't I, anything. Yeah, I have a feeling after hearing that that maybe this whole shorts thing is just not going to be put in front of films anymore. And maybe they're just kind of saving their goods for Disney plus because when they were doing that Disney plus announcement, they were saying that there was going to be a whole category for shorts specifically. So maybe they just kind of want to save their juice. We have three um, Blu-rays, actually, of all the Disney animated shorts across Uh all of it because they've released them out on, like, home video. Uh Um, And a lot of them actually weren't on theaters. They're, like, extra ones when they come out to DVDs. Like, there's a Tangled Ever After, which wasn't before any movie. It's just Uh bundled on there. Uh, And a couple others that were not in theaters. So, I mean, I could definitely see them maybe even making this a special for the home release to get people to buy it when it comes out. Because if they're like, oh, I'm not going to buy it, I'm waiting for the streaming service, maybe they put that, like, you can only see this here first, and then six months later it's on Plus or something. Oh, yeah, that that could be a good strategy. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But e- either way, it's kind of a kind of sad seeing the, the shorts kind of disappear, just because it's one of the few times you have, like, a captive audience. You know, if a short's on a DVD or a Blu-ray, you have to buy the Blu-ray. You have to navigate through the menu to watch it. So um, I hope they just don't disappear entirely. Yeah. I also think that with the the scandal behind Toy Story four and was it Mike Lasseter and all the people, uh, yeah, joining, John leaving, Lasseter. yeah, John Lasseter, joining, leaving, quitting, all this stuff. I think they were just like, let's just get this out and make sure people enjoy it, and then not worry about the the short. Um, but I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I I agree with you. I hope they they don't stop with them. And then they announced next year's Pixar movies called what uh, Soul. So um, yeah, which was crazy because I forgot they already have like a teaser trailer for the next Pixar movie. What was it called? Onward was is that, uh, is that, about like is that is that Pixar? Yeah, that that's Pixar, but it has yeah. this uh, it has a kind of DreamWorksy look and vibe to it. So uh, well, it looks like the like Trolls people, movie. Yeah, I think some people are getting confused. Uh, but they did, yeah, I don't know what Souls is. They did. They did. Um, they, yeah, they, they only put up one picture of Soul, and it's kind of got that artworky style and color from um, what's the one with the uh, the emotions Inside Out. Oh, Inside Out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they did show a trailer for Onward. I forgot. I forgot about that beforehand. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I think Toy Story Four actually uh, was for someone who was very against it. Actually, kind of it, it, it turned me. It, it converted me, Mike. Um, but you didn't go out anywhere. You're you're already taking advantage of streaming services you have at home. 
mm-hmm. and you um, decided to um, get your body life size body pillow of your favorite anime girl. <laughs> knock, and... a, knock it off, Chris. <laughs> Chris <laughs> is trying to perpetuate this theory that I'm a weeaboo, and this is not the case. <laughs> it's, I don't know if it's a theory anymore. I mean, I've got I've got some I got some hard fact. No, I'm kidding. I just, I just like teasing Mike. Mike's uh, anime corner is here uh, at the start <laughs> of the show. And uh, you've been watching one called uh, Evangelion. Evangelion, Chris. Gellion. This is a this is a very popular 1990s anime, which has just been uh, placed on Netflix on Friday with a brand new English dub. So apparently, the the English dub has got a lot of people up in arms, which I just think is funny to begin with, because usually people complain about watching these things in English at all. So I'm surprised anyone would complain about a new English dub when. All of the uh, all of the true weeaboos want to listen to the original Japanese track anyway, so I don't know exactly what the complaint is here. I've had no problem with it, but it's also been a really long time since I've watched Evangelion. Like I think back when it uh, when it was originally premiering here in the states on like Toonami or Adult Swim, so I don't even remember what the English the original English uh, actors sounded like. So I'm like, okay, whatever. This is what's really nice about being a casual anime fan. They can make these huge waves and tides, and it just washes right over me. And I don't even care. But anyway, Evan Kellyan, I think it's a really important watch for people out there. If you, like me and Chris, enjoyed Pacific Rim, uh, this mm. is very much uh, inspirational material for Guillermo del Toro. Uh, a lot of crossover here about humans and giant robots, you know, with monsters like fighting and terrorizing. Different origins for the type of monsters and... Um, uh, it's kind of confusing, though, when you want to get into this series, though, because just like a lot of Japanese anime series, things get really weird and crazy and confusing because they'll they'll release standalone movies. And with this uh, series, uh, I, I believe it's a, a contained 23 or 27. 24. Yeah, somewhere in the in the 20 episode range. And it gets kind of weird, and it gets kind of strange towards the last couple episodes. And uh, the the original audience back in the day did not respond to it very well. So if I remember right, they released some sort of like extended clips and cut scenes that were edited together to try to appease the audience. And then they made a whole new standalone movie that just retconned the last couple episodes. And then that happened. And then somewhat recently, in the last couple years, they've been they've been making brand new evangelion movies with similar plot lines but they're trying to tell a new story and trying to bring a new younger audience to evangelion so it's all very very confusing and i think all of these things landed on netflix at the same time so uh the only advice i can give to you out there is the first thing you need to do if you want to get into evangelion just watch the original anime just watch those 24 episodes just digest them and then from there if you feel like you want more you can move on to all this ancillary watching stuff that i have not seen i've only seen the original series in its entirety like one time but it's been fun revisiting it because i love giant monsters they have this it's set in the future of the year 2015 back when this was made so i love all of the future tech and the set design in the show and uh it's been a fun time well, so I I'm a Gundam fan, so this isn't far out of my anime reach as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did know I did know I've always n- heard about the show, and like there was a they made a movie called Death and Rebirth, which mm-hmm. condensed all 24 episodes into like a movie, and that was like a big like a drastic like reduction of the whole show. 
And then mm-hmm. they did what was it? I think it was called the end of Evangelion. Um, which yeah, was... I think it. Yeah, like end of Ava. I think is what a lot of people call yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the fil- Yeah, that's the one that redoes the last couple episodes. So yeah, it's all very confusing. It's all very Japanese. They do that a lot. They like to just release these these OVA movies that just are. I mean, these are bit. It's, imagine Dragon Ball. Imagine trying to fit all these like Dragon Ball Z movies into the greater Dragon Ball plot. It's very confusing. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, that's anime for you, and that's Mike's anime corner. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I mean, it's fine. Mike, Mike, can watch, you can watch it. The only thing I'd heard about this, uh, from my point of view, you know, is they actually uh, with the new voice actors, they had someone um, redo all the translations, and it changed a lot of like the relationships in the show based on like the word choice, mm-hmm. and, and that was like a big thing. Was like it was not necessarily like the voice actors; it was more like these new words and new translations are changing how all the, the people interact later in the show so um i i don't know I, i'm not um I'm it doesn't not very, bother me my broccoli's not Pe- steamed on this <laughs> yeah people don't get too too attached to your content or you're or you're a beg or you're like just begging for a game of thrones or evangelion to, to disappoint you so uh that's coming from a, a couple of guys here who uh, love the MCU and just lucky that they haven't done us wrong yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get is the keyword there. Always be prepared. Always be prepared for a letdown, Mike. Um but also I was going to say put that steamed broccoli on some rice and and you can enjoy that while you're watching Evangelion. But uh, <laughs> anyway, we're just really waiting. We're counting down till our next uh, big comic book movie. And that is Spider-Man Far From Home. And uh-huh. that is around the corner. I saw uh, one of our listeners, uh, he's a comic book artist. He works on this other thing. Um, he is lives, I believe, in Columbus, Ohio. I believe, Victor, if, you, if you're listening, you tell me wrong. He's a listener of the show. Uh, is working with his coming to, and he got like 32 free tickets to see Spider-Man Far From Home a week early on the 26th. Oh, uh, lucky. Yeah, um, this movie also is out in China the 28th of June and not here until like July 2nd. So this is your warning. Social media reactions are hitting the internet. If you want to go in clean, bail. Get out. Bail for a week. I mean, it's not too bad. It's just Spider-Man. It's not an Avengers movie. But I mean, I want to know the first movie post-Endgame what's going on uh, and, and going clean. So... Uh, I've got my tickets midnight June second. I'm ready to go roll. Mike, you said you're going Wednesday. Yeah, uh, I'm. I, I'm. A, I'm a uh, unfortunately a grown adult now that I don't think can stay up past one o'clock while watching a movie. So mm-hmm. uh, all the power to you, Chris. I hope it goes well. And uh, luckily, hopefully, your midnight showing will weed out a lot of the younger riffraff that likes to talk during films. So I'm crossing my fingers for you. Yeah, me too. I need to. I need to get rid of uh, the quote unquote riffraff, as Mike calls them. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to do that. They've also confirmed there are two in credit scenes again. We are back to our standard two, Mike. Yeah, it makes me think, are they going to go to the route of setting up the next Spider-Man movie? I'm sure will be at least one of them. Mm-hmm. But then the big question is, what's that second one? Sometimes it's just a goof and a gaff. Could just be somebody making a joke. Uh, could be Flash Thompson doing like a zippy one-liner. Maybe he falls into a trash can. Or something like that. That's usually what these end credit scenes are, the second one. Or or it could be one that's setting up something for the greater MCU, which is something that we're desperately waiting to see. And something Feige and something Feige has said he's not gonna say anything about the greater MCU until Spider Man is out. So maybe that's what he's waiting for. He's waiting for that post credit scene to be out there in the world. 
I'm here's here is a theory, and it's just a simply a theory of mine, Mike. What if the we know the next movie after this is Black Widow, and we're going to talk about that later because they're filming uh-huh. it, right? They've not announced anything, but we know they're filming Black Widow. What if all this talk of different realities brings that Black Widow into our universe, an alternate Black Widow? Man, I if if something like that was going to happen, I, I feel like I don't want them to open the giant can of worms because then all of a sudden all of these alternate heroes are just you know they're just a, a, a they're just a one dimension away. You know this is actually kind of a little bit of a problem that they have in the current running Flash TV show because they have all these alternate Earths and it's very easy for the Flash and friends to jump between Earths. Like they just open up a portal, lickety split, and they jump over there. The only reason you don't see it a lot is because they don't have the TV budget to make all of these Earths every week and they just want to go grab different people from it. So if they were going to bring a Black Widow from an alternate universe, I feel like they'd ought to be kind of treading on this path of this alternate Gamora who's from a different timeline. So I feel like, well, we kind of they're doing that story already. But if this is the case, there's got to be some sort of machine or contraption, some sort of scientific uh, mm-hmm. solution that brings Black Widow over and then once she comes over the machine's broken. The secret sauce material that made it work is all used up and it's gone forever and they can never bring another person over again. They would just have to let the audience know, don't worry this isn't going to happen again. We just wanted to get Black Widow back. But then it kind of seems like you're just undercutting the sacrifice that she made in Endgame to begin with. So I feel like really this is just going to be a standalone prequel for Black Widow to get her her tentpole movie that Scarlett Johansson has earned, and then once that's done, she's going to be gone and out of the MCU. That's what I think. Well, I think either way, do you agree maybe that second credit scene will lead into the Black Widow movie? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it could be possible. You know, we we could do the, the Russo Brothers classic lower thirds text that says like moscow like 1993 or something like that budapest (laughs) yeah exactly well i i think uh budapest um might come up in uh, our black widow section uh because i believe somebody uh some sort of production designer was in budapest or something like that so we might we might see what happened there maybe jeremy renner is getting de-aged a couple years for for uh, the black widow movie who knows he's gotta grow his hair out from his in-game haircut first and then (laughs) then they can do that but speaking of in-game if you didn't get a catch in-game before you go watch spider-man you need to see it you have to watch in-game before you watch far from home and you're getting that chance. Uh, while Endgame is still in theaters, they're apparently adding a new version to the current lineup now next weekend, the uh, 28th, 29th range, um, which will feature more scenes after the credits, including a deleted scene, a tribute clip, a few, and a few surprises. And I believe one of those surprises, Mike. I hope. I hope to so much that it is um, Michael Pena's Louise doing a recap of all the event, all the movies all the phases up up until in game and yeah is like this one of the is this things. just a is this just a personal theory that you have or is this does this have any sort of a credit I, or credibility to it they have said they filmed that him doing that now that is what I hope they do but I don't know if they'll actually make that one of the things on there Hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, if the movie's being re-released, uh, I missed it when it came out in full-fledged IMAX. Uh, and I'm hoping that maybe it kind of uh, resurging back in theaters will be enough for um, 
enough for movie theaters to kind of put it back in IMAX just for a weekend because uh, I would like to see it in its big uh, full-fledged uh, aspect ratio. Uh, I, I think it's funny a lot of people out there are kind of like com- like pseudo-complaining saying that this is like a cash grab. Every movie is a cash grab, so I don't really know what argument uh, yeah. that is. Well, it's and, also and then, it's not a re-release though. It's still in theaters. Like if it was yeah. out, I would say I agree it's a re-release, but this is still in theaters. They're just adding extra footage to what's out there. Yeah, and it seems like they're it seems like they're trying to be forward and saying that the the content they're adding is like additive. It's not necessarily going to change the story. So it makes sense that we could get something like Michael Pena in there or we could get like some I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a gag reel or something connected to the credits at the end. It sounds like really what this is is they're trying to boost the numbers cuz they want that headline to get them above Avatar. And I've seen a lot of people saying, like, oh, they're just going after James Cameron. It's just like, hey, people, they own Avatar already. So (laughs) I don't see what the complaint here is. And one thing I didn't realize since Avatar was such a long time ago, Avatar was actually re-released in theaters. Yes, it was. So this is just making the the playground even. This is just evening the stakes. So, I mean, they don't have too much further to go, so this could push them over the edge. Yeah, well, and again, like I said, it's it's not a re-release. It'd be a re-release if it was out of theaters and they did it in, like, November for, like, an Oscar push or something like that. And this is just, you know, hey, here's some extra stuff. Also, uh, they did that. Captain Marvel was showing before um, Endgame. So, like, you could go catch a Captain Marvel then go walk right into Endgame as well. So it's just like, hey, here's Endgame. Go watch Spider-Man because these movies are overlapping so much right now. We have that, uh, I guess, luxury of doing so. So, yeah, they own they only need about 40 million more dollars and I think this would be enough to push them over the edge for yeah. Avatar. Uh, but this is this is interesting. I wonder if this is a, a unique scenario that would only happen with one of the biggest movies ever made or is this something that Marvel is testing the waters? Maybe they want to be like, okay, well, when we put out the next Doctor Strange movie, maybe after eight weeks, we'll we'll do a, a we'll we'll push an we'll push an audio and visual update to the movie theaters where if they go, they'll get an extra end credit scene. I mean, I could see where people are getting nervous. This does kind of seem to be a little bit like a. Um, like a like just tippy towing up to a line they just want to see how far they can take it because honestly if you if you're somebody that's in this world you might start to think uh and compare it to the video game world where everything is always about like dlc and uh selling people a little extra stuff like it maybe marvel and disney wouldn't quite go these length but like imagine like a, a lesser movie studio who makes a movie and then they're just like oh well we were gonna add a deleted scene we were gonna add like an after credit scene but how about we say oh if you want to see the after credit scene that you would normally get now you got to come back to the theater if you want to see the after well, credit scene the, so the, i could see the dystopian world that people are thinking of but the but the problem is they're thinking of like a, a movie doesn't exist in the theaters the whole run it's there like they start dropping screens as more movies come up so like that theory wouldn't really work like you'd only have maybe 10 percent of the theaters getting that extra stuff maybe less than 10 percent of the total number of theaters getting that extra content which would make minimal actions on its box office total like i said but with in-game like i, I pulled up i pulled it up because i'm trying these tickets aren't on sale yet for this whole event and i keep checking every like six hours i'm like when's it gonna go on sale yeah um, once but, once you know let me know yeah i will but you can still go buy in-game tickets right now in a lot of theaters i mean mm-hmm. there, there are more in-game theaters than there are dark phoenix 
theaters right now because of <laughs> ouch uh yeah because the low numbers they just moved it out and replaced it with something actually um going on so um yeah i just i mean i don't think it's a, a i don't think it's going to be something beyond this like because the expandability doesn't work out whenever you think of yeah it would work if all the movies were always in theaters for as long as they run but they drop them off as soon as more you movies know, comes out. You know, I wonder if this was an idea that they had, not necessarily last minute, but these all sound like things that would be on the Blu-ray release, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe they were like, we want to goose the numbers. We want this movie to have the number one position on the box office. Let's just go ahead and take all these Blu-ray release things and just tack them onto the movie. So I guess the cynical person would think, oh, this is content that could have been in the full movie, and then they withheld it. And the optimistic person could say like, oh, this is stuff that's going to be on the Blu-ray that they're going to give you the opportunity to see on the big screen. So I guess it just depends if you're glass half full or glass empty type of guy. Uh, but this, as of right now in the world, this seems like a unique one-off yeah. scenario that I'm excited for. I, I, yeah. I, I want a reason to go back and see it. They could have easily just said, hey, we're doing double showings of Endgame and Spider-Man. And, and no one would have batted an eye, and that's pretty much what this is. But mm-hmm. but rather than putting a three-hour movie with a two-and-a-half-hour movie and making you sit there for six hours, they're like, here, just go watch this by itself because we've already seen it. But I'm excited. I want to see what's going on. I'm crossing my fingers for Louise because they filmed it, so <laughs> knock on wood. I'll, uh, I'll let you know as soon as they go on sale. But speaking of Marvel Studios, we don't know about a lot of what's going on with their upcoming slate. Like we don't know what's next at all other than they are filming black widow movie, but they've never really announced it. Um, so deadline is reporting that Marvel studios will have a confirmed hall H president at San Diego comic con this summer. Yeah. And, and I want to heard you were, they heard you were coming, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, DC got scared and, and, and Marvel stepped up. They're like, we got to welcome the red carpet for Chris coming to his first uh-huh. comic con. Um, what does that mean? I don't know. Phase four movies? <laughs> Definitely. I think we're going to at least get two years worth of movies. Um, maybe three. What do you think? Do you think yeah, I, I, I would think the the show would start with some sort of like, you know, obviously thunderous applause for probably like 15 minutes. They probably wouldn't be able to get anyone to quiet down. You know, they'll probably talk a little bit about a great year they've had. You know, if they have all of the stars there, they'd probably bring out the people that they've had. So they'll probably bring out um, Brie Larson. Uh, clap applause, blah blah blah. Maybe bring out um, Spider-Man. Uh, t- yeah, Spider-Man, and then uh, they'll be like, "Oh, well, we'll bring out Black Widow." Then they'll start talking about the Black Widow movie that's coming out because it's the most recent thing they have. And then maybe they'll drop like a a logo, like a title reveal for uh, what the next maybe Doctor Strange movie is going to look like. Because I think that's kind of one of the next things in the in the pipeline. So everyone will cheer, be happy. Maybe they'll show some concept art for that. Uh, maybe Benedict Cumberbatch walks out on the stage too after that because this sounds like it's going to be a big deal, a big presentation. So maybe they will be able to get all the stars there, and then all of a sudden they'll be like, Kevin Feige will be all like tongue in cheek. It's like, oh, you probably want to know about more, right? And everyone will be freaking out, like, yeah, tell us more, Feige, tell us more. And then he'll show you like the Loki show or something like that. Everyone will be happy to see it, but they're like, damn, I want to know about these movies. And then once you probably get to the second half of Hall H, once he's gotten all these like announced or heavily rumored stuff out of the way, bam, that's where you see maybe your first logo for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Bam, that's where you see um, 
I mean, uh, the Shang-Chi movie that's mm-hmm. kind of been rumored, maybe talks about that. And then you start to get to the good stuff. This is going to be the things that's probably going to hit all of the headlines. This is going to be the thing that really sets all of the news and blogs afire. Like, bam, they're going to show the Fantastic Four logo. People are going to lose their nut all over Hall H. It's going to smell disgusting. People are going to be going crazy because they're going to show that logo because we own Fox now. Get up on this. And then they might show like a teaser logo for like the Young Avengers or something like yeah. that. And then the crowd's going to go crazy. They're going to be throwing chairs all over the place. Someone's going to die in Hall H. You know, that's probably going to be something similar along those lines. That's usually how these like uh, panels progress. They just get crazier and crazier, you know. I think we're going to get footage from Black Widow. Because that's mm-hmm. all they have. I think they're going to show some Disney Plus footage uh, of at least Loki. I think that's the first one. Maybe some Winter Soldier, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier uh, footage. Mm-hmm. But I also think we're going to get our next Avengers title. I definitely think we're, they're going to... Because that's, that's, that's a three-year role, right? If they've gone mm-hmm. per schedule now, it's every three years they've done one. So um, that'd be... A, if they gave us... Three years, and then the Avengers movies, the the one in twenty twenty two. I would be very impressed. But uh, if they don't, and they push it back a year, you know, so no big deal. But I think we're gonna get that next Avengers thing, and that's that's really about it. Um, mm. Maybe some maybe some confirmed casting announcements. I don't I don't know. I mean, they're not contractually obligated anymore, but it would just be a really beautiful send-off to have Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans come out onto the stage and probably do it at the very, very beginning of the conference. Because if you bring those two guys out at the very, very end, people might start to think, oh, they're making a movie together or something like that. So, man, that would be really cool to bring them out and the audience could give them one last farewell and they could just absorb all of their energy and live for another 50 years. Uh, so that would be cool. I That would... That would be a fun, fun thing missing those guys. But who knows? They could just be they could just be mentally past that by now. Like I have retired from this. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I mean they. Uh, yeah, especially after the um, press run of for Endgame, they were all over the place for that. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't know what's going to hold. But I'm I'm really excited about this. Uh, the other news from Marvel Studios this week: uh, we are in our Kianaissance, Mike, as, as you <laughs> called it, and um, apparently they talked to Keanu Reeves about every movie they make, and they're trying <laughs> to find the right role for him. And they did the same thing with Jake Gyllenhaal; they talked to him about every movie until they got him to be Mysterio. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, yeah, I, w- I wonder possibly what uh, Keanu could be fit as. I- I've seen some people out there on the web uh, talking about Keanu, what he could be a good fit for. Um, Adam Warlock. I don't really. Yeah, I don't really know. He seems like a guy that uh, should be established already. You know, he doesn't need, like, an origin. He's just kind of a mysterious figure that kind of shows up that's just been around for a while, all-knowing. Mm-hmm. I think the other week I said maybe, uh, like, a collector-esque role, like a Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, but uh, it, they have, they, yeah, there are, other like, the collector and the grandmaster, and there's other gods in that level. He could be in there. Mm-hmm. So maybe that would be the Eternals? Hey, yeah, maybe. Who knows? Or I mean, I'm thinking gonna, put him in Shang Chi because he's got Ooh. martial arts background, and that would be a big enough name to get people to go to that movie. Oh yeah, a lot of people don't. I mean, <laughs> me included. I don't know much about Shang Chi, so Keanu would get me there. Yeah, exactly. He's really good in Toy Story Four, actually. No, <laughs> in case cool. you didn't know, he was in Toy Story Four. He is. He, I mean, he, I, I I heard he was voicing some sort of character, but I don't know what it is. Duke Kaboom is, is his yeah. name. All so, right, there you go. Yeah. Good job, Keanu. Getting yeah. work. He's doing everything. What's he not doing these days? Leave some work <laughs> for the rest of us out here. Come on, calm down. So, um, yeah, Marvel Studios. I'm really, I'm really excited. I, I, 
we, me and Mike were talking before the show. I really want to try to get this Hall H, but I know that means yeah. a lot of waiting. But yeah, we'll talk. Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, getting into Hall H, it's a big deal. I just found a, a very helpful blog where somebody was kind of detailing the secrets because Hall H is a juggernaut of a line. And a lot of people like to keep the secrets to themselves because a line is, at its very essence, a competition against other people. Uh, so a lot of people like to keep their secrets close to their chest. So I found out that there's this thing called the next day line. So if you want to get, if you want the opportunity to stand in line on Saturday, you need to get in line on Friday to get a wristband to grant you entry to stand in line first on a Saturday. So there's a whole lot going on there. But the the really cool thing about panels at Comic Con. Because you might be thinking, why do you even go? I'm going to learn everything that you're going to learn the second it's announced. It's not like people that walk into these panels sign gag orders. All of the information is freely available. And I guess you think maybe the only exclusive thing is maybe the footage. And it's just like, well, I'll see the footage eventually. It's not like this is exclusive content that will never get released. Sometimes you're lucky enough to get cam footage. Yeah. Yeah. But the really great thing about being in these panels is the energy. That's something that can't be replicated. Like when I talk, when I was, you know, just waxing poetically about what the crowd is going to do when they see a Fantastic Four logo, the amount of like screaming and energy and just uh, fervor in that room that's just going to pierce through your body, like that's something that you can't replicate anywhere else. And it's a, it's a feeling that sticks with you forever. And it's kind of like a, it's like a roller coaster ride. You, you can't quite shake the feeling. Uh, you're, it's a very bonding type of moment. So that's why all these people wait in line they want that energy and then some of the really really crazy people they sleep out overnight in tents just because they want to be at the front of hall h because they want to be as physically close to these people as possible so they can take really good selfies from the front row and maybe tom hiddleston will will walk down and maybe i don't know uh give you a kiss on the cheek and then you'll explode i don't know exactly what happens there at the front of hall h but um that's the that's that's the motivation for standing in line. So, yeah. uh, Chris I've, seems pretty motivated. So we'll see how that goes. I've never I, I don't half ass a lot of things, Mike. Uh, if I'm gonna <laughs> go big to Comic Con, I want to go big. But I mean, but if it's gonna take away from something else, I understand. I need to pick and choose my priorities. So, but you know, it's it's an option. And if anyone has any expertise or knows someone who went and was lucky enough to get in there, want to pass on their secrets, we're all yeah, ears. We, we're accepting all information. <laughs> That's right. We, we definitely are. But we're probably going to see the Black Widow movie there. And hey, you know what? They're filming it right now, Mike. They are out there. They are in Budapest. They are all over the place. And we got the first on-set photo of the movie logo on chairs. Now, as we know, <laughs> this will change. They always change the logo. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, they need something to put on the chairs. So you know what movie you're working on in case you forget. And um, <laughs> we get a very... Little bitty black widow logo in the back there. It's very generic, very just text title, and then the little black widow symbol, and that's it. So, um, any any thoughts on this? Is very very generic. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it'd be cool to have one of these chairs. That'd be a fun prop to have. Uh, I don't know if any of them ever show up on eBay, but wouldn't it be awesome to have an Endgame chair? Just knowing that just somebody from that movie sat in that chair, that'd be a prized possession for sure. Yeah, it's one of those things you you put in like someone tries to sit in you like get out. You cannot sit there. The chairs for looking <laughs> you can't only. Sit there. This this chairs for company only. Yeah, it's, you're it's, not your, your name Chris Evans. You can't sit there. That's his chair. Yeah. He, he he has to sit there. One day it's like a it's like a grandma's that wish like one day the Pope's gonna show up and uh, they'll have the guest towels ready for him. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. one day Feige will knock on my door and he will have this chair to sit in. Yep, and all the guest soaps that you can't use they're for decoration only. <laughs> 
So and they're all, they're all shaped like infinity stones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Except for the, the red one, it's all li- it's the liquid soap. The the there's <laughs> the liquid soap. Yeah, there you go. Um, but speaking of Kevin Feige, he did mention that uh, someone asked him about prequels, and he's like offhandedly, you know, confirmed this movie's in there, but not really said it. And he's like, prequels have a chance to answer questions you didn't know you had. And it sounds like you know Mike is very against, and, and I agree. You, prequelitis is is very much you're going to put a character in a predictable situation, and we know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. What can you do with a prequel that will actually expand upon the thing and actually affect the future when you know that character's uh, destiny already? So now, okay, this just gave me a crazy idea. Chris, oh, oh, okay, we, lay it on us. This this would be something I don't know if if Marvel would be this ballsy. But it would be insane if we're watching this movie, we're watching the Black Widow movie play out and everything. You know, it's kind of going the standard way we thought it would a prequel. We're kind of getting used to seeing what uh, uh, her life was like maybe before she joined this whole Avengers initiative, possibly before she joined S.H.I.E.L.D. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of the movie, maybe even in a post credit scene, she gets knocked out thrown into some sort of like anti-freeze like some sort of like freezing chamber or maybe even just thrown in a cell and then all of a sudden a scroll takes her identity so all we've been seeing through all of this is that all of these movies we've seen it's been a scroll so black widow has been a scroll the entirety that we've known her and then when you go i don't know the end credits of spider-man is an actual real scarlett johansson the real black widow kind of fighting doing like a prison break thing getting out of that cell finally getting out and getting free now i think that's a stretch just because you'd have to explain why the scroll was like following along with all these people acting human, you know, what exactly was going on there. But that would be crazy. That would be really ballsy. I don't know if it would happen, but that would be a maybe a way to kind of bring Black Widow back into the fold because still you had like a real character that did all of the sacrifice, but you just kind of you what you didn't know is you had a black up Black Widow in a jail mm. cell somewhere. But I mean, that would be that something crazy like that coming out of a prequel would be insane, and that would go along the lines of answer questions that you didn't know you had because I didn't even know there was a second Black Widow. But I still am holding true to the fact that this is a Black Widow send off film, and we're not going to get any more after this. But who that would be nuts. I, th- well, I think that these movies have to like like I mentioned expand upon something we don't know about and actually send us something forward as well. So maybe it's something she's someone she's fighting, someone she uh, I don't know meets along the way. Something she does allows the future characters to do something with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what that is, I don't know. I have no clue. But I yeah. think I think they have to do that for this movie to even be relevant at yeah. the end of the day. Maybe her mission. It has to do with some sort of like protecting or assassinating some scientist, and that scientist is doing research on the multiverse or something like that. Uh-huh. So that could kind of add a little bit more lore to the MCU of the the multiverse was always an idea that was out there. You just we just didn't show you quite yet. So maybe something like that could kind of pepper into yeah. the world. Yeah, but you agree that 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 for that to succeed, it has to do that. Like it can't just be like here's the past of Black Widow, and now she's yeah, done. that's so, prequelitis. I don't like that. Yep. And I think for Marvel to make this a May movie, they're going to have to bring Oh, bring yeah, May movie. That's big. That's huge. Yeah, that's like two months in the summer already by that point. So they <laughs> can't really, really go. Yeah. 
but another movie that is on the horizon is the Shang-Chi movie. We've talked about the Shang-Chi is a master of martial arts. So much uh-huh. he is a threat to Danny Rand Iron Fist. Not uh-huh. the one in the Netflix show because he didn't know karate from a hole in the ground, <laughs> but like the uh-huh. comic book version. And he doesn't really have any superpowers until like in the past five years in the comic books. Uh, uh-huh. But like he had no powers. He's just the master of all martial arts. And uh, this uh, this sound recordist, uh, Guntus Six, he's an Australian. He's worked on Moulin Rouge. He's worked on, uh, I think he worked on The Wolverine, Thor Ragnarok's biggest movie lately. He does. He's a well-wanted sound recordist, sound mixer, uh-huh. if you will. And he said on an interview last week that the film starts shooting in Australia next year where he lives. So um, I, I love it when just somebody like attached to the the physical production of the movie just like drops like this huge ball like we didn't even know this was a thing yet and then yeah it's next year yeah yeah which is which is cool and uh, some of the casting stuff you know they're trying to get actor Ludi Lin who was in Aquaman and I don't remember what he was in Aquaman but I know he was in Power Rangers he was one <laughs> of the, the Power Rangers uh, he's a top contender to be the Shang Chi role. Uh-huh. And then actor, um, they, they Marvel hopes to get actor Donnie Yen in a lead role as well, uh-huh. um, not as Shang Chi because you need someone who uh-huh. can, you know, do it. And Donnie, Donnie Yen's getting up there in age. He he had gray hair in Rogue One, so. Um, well, we were talking about uh, Keanu for this movie. I heard some people speculating, or at least maybe uh, just uh, playing ball with the idea that maybe Keanu could possibly uh, be Danny Rand. You'd probably have to take an alternate history or an alternate view of what Danny Rand is as a character, but it could work. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe instead of like Danny Rand like losing his parents and like growing up becoming a martial arts master, uh, maybe he kind of does that but never does anything with his powers maybe he comes back to the city as like a 20 something man and then just doesn't follow that path just falls into wanting to keep his uh, company from falling to the ground without his parents and then he much later in life maybe he decides to uh, follow the path of um, of a martial artist at a, at a much later stage in his life kind of like in this third act of uh, of his existence and I think people would welcome an alternate take of Danny Rand just because we we got a somewhat comic book accurate version of kind of his origin. It was just executed extremely poorly on uh, Netflix. So maybe that would open them up in the MCU to just do something just kind of really out there and people would just accept it. Of course, if yeah. it was Keanu, they would be like, yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Well, as much as, uh, you know, that that's cool. And I don't think they can do Iron Fist for a couple years after the Netflix stuff. I think the rights are still tied up. And I don't, I don't even want... I don't want Keanu Reeves as Danny Rand. I want him as like a new character that we could use. But I don't know. I mean, do you think I'd like a martial arts movie? I think I'm, I'm excited about a martial arts movie prospect. That's new. That's different. Like, Yeah, I'm just curious how they folded into the mystique of the MCU. We've gone so big lately with mm-hmm. aliens and magic and science and the spiritual world. And uh, Shang-Chi seems very, very grounded, which is great. Nothing wrong with that because Black Widow is also going to be very grounded because she doesn't have superpowers. But Black Widow operates in this underground world with lots of nefarious uh, villains and I'm sure like very scary tech and stuff like that. So I'm curious how they fold Shang-Chi oh. into kind of this uh, into this uh, labyrinth of magic, you know. Like I mentioned, what if the Ten Rings is his villain? That's what it is. That, the, 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 the actual Mandarin is his villain for Shang-Chi. That would be cool. There we and go. I wonder 
I, w- I wonder if they would bring back the faux Mandarin at least for a scene, or maybe it would open up some way, well, you know, connect it to that uh, that prison that uh, prison little short that they made with them. Yeah, well, they I think I think that that would be a they would probably do that. No, in Marvel, they would be like, "Yep, here it is. Here's a uh, Ben Kingsley getting killed off for a couple of seconds here <laughs> as as an actor." But that's fine. That's cool. Venom movie. I I forgot this movie even exists. My wife asked me this weekend. She's like, "Do we even own Venom?" I'm like, "Oh no, not yet. It's it's not on my shelf of Marvel films." Uh, but Amy Pascal has confirmed that Tom Hardy will be back for Venom two, which I didn't think anyone had any doubts. But um, I keep forgetting they're making a sequel to that. So we'll uh, we'll see where that carnage thing comes up. You know, with uh, a uh, sideshow bob haired Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Woody- Woody Harrelson as Carnage Man. What casting? Whew, we'll I will. Well, I, I want to see. I, I think he'd be great, but by God, they got to fix the hair. They got to make him look, at least look intimidating <laughs> and not stupid, like uh, like a raggedy Ann mop on his head. So, mm-hmm. but what do, what do we know, Mike? We're, we just watch the movies. We we just we just watch them. <laughs> the King's Man is the official title of the King World War One prequel for the Kingman franchise. Uh, they also gave names to all the characters and the about and all this other fun stuff. And I'm just like, well, they're they're filming it. It should be out next year. So um, I'm excited to see what they do with the World War One, the uh, introduction and creation of the Kingsman uh, character, uh, I guess, uh, spy network or whatever it is. Well, is it an introduction, though? Because I feel like it's hard uh, to remember exactly what happened, but in the first Kingsman movie, I thought there was some sort of, I don't know if it was holographic treatment or if it was pictures on a wall or if it was Eggsy flipping through a book, but I thought that their uh, Kingsman franchise went all the way back to like Knights of the Round Table or something like that. I feel like I saw people in armor uh, in this organization. So I don't, did it actually start in World War One? I? I don't know. So well, I guess this prequel will have a chance to ask, uh, to answer questions. I didn't know I had. Well, <laughs> it, it, the, the description has, has always said that it will, the plot would take place during the early 1900s and depict the formation of the spy agency. Um, maybe they base themselves on their names on the Knights of the round table, so on and so forth. But I'm, I mean, I'm looking at the cast again. I mean, I'm really excited about the cast here. So, you know, like we said, uh, Daniel Brühl, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, Ray Fine, Stanley Tucci, maybe back and get with no, he was in it. He was, uh, that was the other guy who was, uh, Merlin in the other one. Um, he died and blew up. I don't remember. It's been a minute since <laughs> I've watched those movies. Uh, but so yeah, it's coming on right along. I'm excited to, to, to see that. Uh, the Batman, no one, the news after, uh, what's his name got cast as the Batman, Robert Pattinson. Uh, uh-huh. Kind of just died down, like went quiet for a little bit. So uh, Josh Gad came out online to confirm that he is not playing the penguin. So now I want to know maybe he is pe- playing the penguin. Maybe maybe this is all a cat and mouse game, and we just don't know it. Mm, a cat woman and mouse game, if you will, Chris. Cat, cat woman's in it. So is penguin, and apparently Two Face in the Mad Hatter, in the Riddler, and somebody <laughs> else. Can you name a Batman character that's that's not been on a franchise? It's probably at this point. So. Uh, are you excited for the Batman? We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting a little bit more excited about this Joker movie just because it's not really on my radar right now, but every time I go to the theater, for some reason, I keep seeing the trailer. 
So mm-hmm. it's kind of excited to see that come to come out. So like, I think maybe I, the, they're building up faith over there at Warner Brothers. You know, I really like Shazam. I keep fondly thinking about that movie every once in a while. So I think that's something I'll want to check out, uh, which is nice because these Warner Brothers movies usually drop on HBO and I have an HBO subscription. So I would think maybe later in the year I could watch Shazam there. Mm-hmm. So uh, Shazam... We're gonna get, uh, you know, we're gonna get the, this Joker movie. Wonder Woman's coming out soon. Well, the, uh, uh, well in February it's the uh, Emancipation of Harley Quinn or whatever, but the Birds of Prey movie. Mm-hmm. So we've got that coming out in, in February as well, and that yeah. looks that sounds fun. Uh, let's. So they're out. If you look at a graphical representation, they're literally on an upward trend. So let's keep that trend going. Mm-hmm. And they're only on an upward trend because they're not connecting the films to each other. Mm-hmm. So also no um uh, no uh, Zack Snyder so you know I'm I'm starting to see some 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 light at the end of that tunnel there. Uh, Mike, you got to ask a question by one of our listeners this week, and we want to kind of go over that here to wrap up the end of the show here a little bit. So yeah, would you like well, to pose we... that question and and uh, maybe we can talk about it? Sure, we love all any and all listener uh, submitted questions. Uh, this one was nice because it came from a bit of a, a younger listener out there, and uh, sometimes I forget just being a uh, a man uh, caught up in this whole MCU superhero universe. I forget that it's not just man children that like uh, that, that like all this stuff. It's also actual children. So I thought I would field this. Uh, we could field this question. Uh, our our young listener here uh, has hopes to one day also do something creative out there on the internet and uh it's kind of curious you know what's that like trying to put creative content out there online and also maybe what is it like getting older with the prospects of moving away from home you know because when you uh grow up eventually uh you want to pursue uh uh bigger bigger things with your life and sometimes you can do that at home sometimes you want to move away to a larger city things that we've both done so maybe Mm -hmm. we can impart some wisdom to the younger listeners out there on the audience so i can say being creative in the age of the internet has just been incredibly easy uh compared to what it's been like in the past i remember when i was a kid growing up uh it was incredibly hard to make a website because you actually had to know how to do it by hand you had to upload this content uh internet speeds were so slow you would have to worry about if your image was too large if you could even upload it if that was your type of content there wasn't even the idea of uploading video on the internet back in the day because there was no bandwidth even available (laughs) so uh it's it's just gotten so much easier but with that, also so much more competition, too, because now anybody can get out there on the Internet and they can post videos on YouTube. They can make uh, they can draw their own their own web comics and put them up on all of these different uh, websites. So it's a very exciting time for sure. There's no limitations around it. You can just do whatever you want. So I find that really fun and exciting. I don't I don't know. What do you what, how well, do you feel, Chris? I mean, my background, but we, we are both. I, I, th- I like to think we're both creative people on different ends of the spectrum. You're a, you're a, a, an image and, and, and artist kind of guy. And I'm more of the video guy because my background's in film. And let me tell you, growing up working on television, a local television channel and all that other stuff before I even hit college, you know, working in video was a hard thing you had to do. And there was a lot of time and work you had to put in it. Like getting a camera was an expensive investment. And now my cell phone or my iPod, if I went and grabbed an iPod touch or an iPad has a better camera than I ever had growing up working with. And those were TV quality cameras, you know? Um, and you know, putting them online was, was a dream. It was a pipe dream of having other people 
outside of your home, watch something that wasn't on VHS that you recorded and hastily edited on a VHS, you know, hit the record button, hit the stop button, all that fun stuff. But now, you know, you literally, I could, we could, both of us could literally turn this into a video podcast in two seconds if we tried by pushing the record button, right? And turning mm-hmm. that on. And we have the ability to just do that at, at, a, at a whim. But the, the trick is now that everyone, like Mike said, the competition's higher. It's easier to do it, but the competition is much higher. You have to be able to set yourself apart out there enough. You can't just say, hey, you know, I, I want to create a, a video about, you know, for, if I want to say I play Fortnite, I'm going to make a video about Fortnite. How many channels on Fortnite are there out there, Mike? Like uh, thousands of them. So, so what what do you do to make yourself different? How do you how do you do that in in a, an age where anyone can pick up a phone and try to become, uh, I guess a a creative, a well known creative on on yeah. on the I think internet? the best I think the best way to do that is especially when you're starting off at a younger age. The most important thing that you can do is just explore the things that you like. You know, since you have access to the internet, it's very easy to to just start Googling things that interest you and learn more about it because that's where your unique perspective is going to come from. Like a lot of my favorite YouTube channels out there aren't just about people like me and Chris just talking about like the MCU and comic books and like, uh, you know, superhero stuff. Uh, some of my favorite YouTube channels are there's this random guy in Australia that goes out into the wilderness and builds stuff just from clay and bricks and rock and stick, yeah, the primitive technology channel. So, you know, that's something that I wouldn't even know that I would have liked, but that that's that guy's unique perspective. And the cool thing is, is he could do that from his hometown, I would assume, or his backyard. So you don't even have to necessarily move to like large cities anymore to like achieve your creative dreams. But I'm sure at some point it's helpful, you know, if you want to, you know, connect to like a larger network of people, sometimes you might need to move to a a larger city. But the great thing is, is I'm, I'm familiar with a lot of creators that just are are still just creating from the comfort of where they want to be. You know, sometimes, you know, people might move away from their hometown and might not move to a bigger city. They could move to a smaller city. It could be like Mm -hmm. a little cabin, like in the middle of the woods, as long as they're like an internet connection, you know, you can still start creating content. So that's what I find a lot of people, you know, me and Mike, we both, um, I'm from a, a small town in Indiana. Mike's from a medium town in Indiana, I would say. I don't do you feel it was small yeah, or medium? Yeah. yeah. Th- no, I think that's fair. <laughs> and, and we both we both packed up and, and went somewhere else. My whole goal uh, in college was like, I want to go to LA and I'm going to work in this. But you know, when I come to find out, you know, the competition in, in film and video in LA is cutthroat. It's oversaturated. So I wanted to go where I could take my talents and my passions and make it work. So I went to first Indianapolis and now Louisville, uh, Kentucky, because they're, they're still, they're, they're not the biggest cities in the world, but you know, they're not oversaturated in the things that I do. And I'm still able to do what I love and, and, and have that, you know, ability to, to not get burnt out or, you know, not be able to chase that dream because everything else is already taken. Uh, and I, you know, I, I agree. I agree with Mike that he's like, you gotta, I've seen a lot of people, move from you know even louisville to you know an hour outside and be able to work you know like like i said remotely because they have that internet connection and they can do everything there and they they're trying to i guess not really move to a city to know people but like find themselves more because uh i i find whenever i need to make something or come up with something i need to really detach myself from people a little bit to to find that nice creative zone in my head Uh but everybody has everybody has their own ways 
Yeah, I think the number one thing is uh, audiences really like authenticity. So, uh, I mean, Chris and I, we could we could start a podcast talking about like construction if we wanted to. I mean, we don't have a particular passion for it, but we could go on Wikipedia, we could Google it, we could get the information, and we could try to intelligently talk about it. But the passion is not going to be there. So that's why we talk about like the super nerdy stuff that we grew up loving every week, because that's where our passion is. So I think that's that's what's really important. As, uh, as you're growing up, as you're learning all of these different things, find out what really excites you, and then that's going to drive everything that you do. You know, there's a chance that you could, you know, you could really like uh, architecture or something like that and then maybe that's going to drive you to totally different cities all over the world to see different buildings you know there's a chance that you could really like marine biology and then maybe you you know you need to go to some sort of like institute in like uh in like the the florida keys or something like that to study so it just depends on what you really like and that's going to drive where you end up going in the world but um the really cool thing about the internet, it just it's opened everything up now. And then things are getting even crazier now with uh, you know things like self-driving cars. Like transportation is starting to drastically change itself to really open up the world. I've seen a lot of politicians out there thinking that we need uh, to get high-speed rail. Um, I mean, they're they're thinking about building a high-speed rail between uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles, and that'll be incredibly flat, fast. Like people will literally be able to commute between the two cities on a daily basis. So there's a lot of small towns in between San Francisco and Los Angeles that are not any sort of metropolis. They're just small little farming towns. You know, there's people that are living there right now that could start working in bigger cities and then just take a high-speed rail back to their place. So I, I it's just one of those things. I'm I'm sure every generation uh, over the course of history has experienced this is that uh, uh, time always marches on things always get cooler and more advanced and more technological so it, it's mm-hmm. just a really fun time to live in and you just can't predict anything anymore so the only thing that you can do is just find out what you like to do and find out what you like and uh that's what brings you joy. That's what you should do. So, and, and, bam, listener question answered. <laughs> well, just to, just to cap that off, what I wanted to do when I was younger is definitely not what I'm doing now because the technology changed, because my interests changed, and I found more things out that I really could do and wanted to do. Uh-huh. So don't, don't set yourself in a box at a, at a young age because as you grow older, opportunities may arise that you never thought would happen or, you know, you may – you know, get bored with something one day and go down a different path. So, uh, you never know what tomorrow's going to bring. I will tell you that right now. So, mm. um, yeah, listener answer now. Question now answered. There we go. Boom. Yeah. If, if anybody else has any questions, feel free to uh, send them our way. And they're very helpful on very slow news weeks like uh, this week. Uh, I, was yeah. te- I was telling Chris at the top of the show, we're at this very strange slump right now where the next big Marvel movie is, is on its cusp of coming out, so you're not going to really get any big stories coming out of Spider-Man right now. And then everything's being held back for Comic-Con here later in July. So we're in this valley right now where we're just kind of getting what we can trickle out. So uh, if you have any questions out there and you just want to hear us go on and on about them, let us know. Mm-hmm. And um, we always love snack recommendations, too. So yeah. we'll eat snacks, too. Yeah. If anything, our other passion is food. And we can totally <laughs> do a show about that without any research. But, um, yeah. But anyway, Mike, it is time to wrap this up. we got places to, to, to go, people to see. If people want to know what you're up to, where can they find you at, sir? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at Pickled Comics. 
com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you out there on the internet age, the internet mainframe, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. You can find my review, or not review, my my photo of the new Coke experience at Mike reviewed last week. Guess what? Tastes like <laughs> Pepsi. Just yep. like Pepsi uh, on there as well. You can also head over to Comic UI. Mike, if people want to buy that sweet, sick-ass shirt design you just threw up and people want to wear that all summer, where can they find that new, awesome shirt? Oh, yeah. It's summertime and we got new merch, baby. The best thing that you can do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find the avenues we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So if you want to check out that screen cap of the black widow movie logo on the set chairs we got that link there and then i saw on the twitter in the twitter thread somebody did like a digital recreation of that so if you want to see it like professionally cleaned up by some fan out there online you can see that in our show notes you can find us on apple Podcasts, youtube spotify and more and you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram and like chris was saying we got new merch this summer it is this uh infinity gauntlet design with iron man's armor grabbing a cheeseburger because as we all know Iron Man loves his cheeseburgers so you can check that out at superheroslate.com slash store you can get that on a shirt you can get that on a hoodie you can get that on a like a, a mug I think there's a lot of places you can put it on because Tee Public's nice like that so you can slap it up anywhere and if you're going to be at Comic Con this year Chris and I are going to be walking around with stickers of this design so if you want a free sticker you just got to track us down at Comic Con and we'll send it your way mm-hmm. so yeah superheroslate.com slash store we love hearing from you we love our listener questions questions young and old however whatever your age is we love hearing from you and uh we love our super fans out there so keep being super fans keep listening and we'll be back next week baby that's right we will see you then later bye thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe all these bubbles so little time